Today's episode is sponsored by Dansoft Gamers. Dansoft Gamers is the leading distributor of video games and other consumer gadgets like the podcast microphone sets, ring lights, headphones, and affordable smartwatches, and many other cool gadgets. For these and more, visit their website at www.dansoftgamers.co. That is www.dansoftgamers.co. Mujevale, Mujevale, Mujevale. My name is Barney Kibuka and welcome to another episode of the Ugandan Gold Talk Show. Um, first of all, I would like to introduce you to my listeners, all of you, um, the listeners who are going to tune into this or lose, who are listening. Uh, today I'm hosting Daniel Chaudhry, who is a dad, a sales warrior, author, international sales speaker. Um, he does a lot of stuff. So today we're going to be all over the place. I'm not going to say like all over the place, but we're going to get to know him, what he does and what uh, he does about sales. That's a quick introduction I can give about him. But since he's here on the podcast and podcasts are not like radio sessions where they give you 30 minutes or they give you two minutes to talk. Oh, it's like, it's, it's a podcast. You can talk whatever you want, however you want. And this is a place mm-hmm. where will reveal everything it's time it's you're not in a rush you're not chasing anything it's my podcast i'm not giving you a time limit as long as it's okay with you or it fits in your program of the day and it's an open conversation so um i would like you to take the floor and introduce yourself a little more than what i just talked about uh thank you thank you bonnie um so good morning good afternoon good evening we're uh depending on where you're watching this from um I'm so delighted to connect with my brother, Bonnie Chibuka, mm-hmm. on this fantastic podcast. Um, I'm Daniel Chaudhry. I hail from the northern part of Uganda, um, a small, beautiful town called Kidgum. Um, I'm the firstborn in a family of three on my mom's side, uh, the firstborn in a family of uh, 13 on my dad's side. Oh, wow. Um, I've grown up with Yes, I have grown up with my mom, uh, so I don't know much about the story of uh, my siblings on my dad's side because they they stay in the UK. They my dad went to the UK, I think, in 1987, just shortly after I was born, I think, mm-hmm. and um, I've never met him since. So. I would say, yeah, I I know he does exist, but uh, mm. we don't really have. Uh, See, a relationship that I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna take so, it slow because um, i want to digest a little bit of some of the things you sh- you share about as we go along the way you mentioned you grew up in kitchen yeah. um how was life in kitchen yeah. first before you moved to kampala how was that life growing up there i know you said you didn't grow up with your dad you grew up with your mom but how was that life for you growing up as a child uh, bonnie that, that's that's an interesting question man um I don't know whether you're you're led by the spirit to ask some of these questions because um, <laughs> some of these questions really so deep into the mm-hmm. core of who I am. So when my mom conceived, she was only seventeen years old, and um, my dad said he wasn't responsible for the pregnancy. So my my dad denied the pregnancy. In other words, and I fam- uh, his family said, "No, my mom cannot stay with them." 
they were more affluent family, wealthy, you could call it by the standard. And uh, my mom was coming from, you know, the other side of the coin, fairly not having much. We were not poor to a point where we can't eat, we ate food, but we, we, we had a little bit of those challenges in the village. Was my dad, my grandpa was a subsistence farmer, so he was a good farmer. There was always food. So when my mom conceived, she didn't have, um, she, she was chased away from my dad's home. She came back to my grandmom, her mom. My grandmom also told her, you go and look for the man who impregnated you, you stay there, you're not gonna stay in my house. So mom didn't have where to stay. She went to the Catholic church and she requested the priest at the, at the Catholic church called Padibi Mission if she could be a cook for the priest in return for shelter. So for the nine months when mom was pregnant with me, she was the cook for the priest. She was cleaning the compounds and the homes of the priest. And when she gave birth to me, the priest told her she, he could take her back to school if she could find where to keep the baby. So my mom took me back to my grandmother and my grandpa when I was only three, two months old, according to you know what they told me. Mm -hmm. My grandma already had a child then, uh, our last born, a boy called Dale. So myself and Dale, we both, we both breastfed of my grandmothers. And as yes, mm -hmm. you can imagine, very, you know, very difficult and different circumstances. So I grew up knowing my grandmothers and my mother. And my mom, I called my mom auntie until when I was like in my senior fall wow. in Uganda here. Wow. So, so it was a very dynamics. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so my grandfather introduced me to farming when I was so young, as early as seven years old. My grandfather made me a small panga, and mm -hmm. I I had to go to the farm with him. And yeah, my well, I, I'll, I'll pause you there. Cut down trees. I wanted to clarify for the people who are in the United States. I was giving you the entire story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, the, yeah. I was yeah. I was just going to qualify a little bit for the listeners in the United States. The panga is like a machete. That's what we call a machete in the United States. Yes, like a so for, yeah, for the listeners yes. in the United States, I wanted to clarify for them so they're catching along with the story. But I didn't oh. mean to interrupt you. No, it's all good. It's all good. So so my, I was introduced to manual hard labor when I was so young, seven years old. Uh, so we used to wake up early in the morning. It's early as 3 a.m., and you walk about 10, 15 kilometers to the farm from home. Uh, the farm was pretty far towards the border of southern Sudan because my village, Padibe, is just about 15 kilometers away from southern Sudan. So our farm was at the border. So we walk from 3 a.m. You walk during the morning dews. It's really, you know, not the best, you know, environment for a child to, mm -hmm. to walk. And that, that was the life. So I go to the farm with my grandpa. We used to do communal farming. Today we go to this person's farm in the village. Everybody goes there. Tomorrow we go to uh, Bonnie's farm. Everybody goes to Bonnie's farm. The next day we go to Daniel's farm. Everybody goes to Daniel's farm. For mm -hmm. us, the children, our task was to, was to cut down trees. So you could start cutting trees in the morning. You get to the farm, let's say, at about, three, uh, at about 6 a.m. And you have to work in the farm until 4, 5 p.m. Wow. Like you're working. Of course, they, they bring some water, you drink, they bring some porridge, you drink, they bring mm -hmm. some food, you eat, but you have to keep working until 5 p.m. 
And then at five, you have to fetch some dry firewood from the bush, carry it on your head, mm-hmm. walk back again another 10, 15 kilometers back home. And that was the life. Um, my grandfather used to say, as long as you work really hard in the farm, you'd always have what to eat. And you see why people go to school is for one reason only, people go to school because they want to eat. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm already giving you the best way to ensure that you always have food is yeah. when you go to the farm, do a good job. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I didn't have any interest whatsoever to go to school because uh, I knew as long as I could work well in the farm, there was always going to be food. Mm-hmm. But that changed, uh, Bonnie. That changed back in 1996. That changed. My story actually really starts in 1996. Okay. Uh, I was in primary four. I don't know what that would be in the United States. Probably you'll also explain primary it four. to the team. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I think it would so be. Ninety-four like, was in. in primary tra- four would be like in in middle school. I would say it would be in middle school. Middle school. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I went to school that day. Something very interesting happened. So, there was this teacher, a maths teacher called Anthony Opoa. Mm-hmm. So he came. It's like you know, our school has never got a first grade in P seven. And I'm training you now that when you get to P7, you get a first grade. Whoever will get a first grade in P7, you'll get a chance to go to, to, to the capital city of Uganda. And he asked us to respond in chorus. Was what that, is the name of the capital to, city of Uganda? And, was that to go and stay in the capital city of Uganda or was just to go and visit? No, he was inspiring us. He was inspiring okay. us that when we get a first grade in P7, you'll go and study. You'll mm-hmm. go and study your secondary school in yeah. Kampala, oh, okay, the yeah. city. Okay. Yeah, so, so it's like, you know, I, I'm training you now that when you get to primary, you score first grade. And when you get first grade, you'll go to the capital city of Uganda and they ask us to respond in chorus. What is the name of the capital city of Uganda? We all scream, Kampala! And it's like, Kampala is the most beautiful part of Uganda. When in Kampala, everybody in Kampala, they're wealthy. There are no poor people in Kampala. Mm-hmm. In Kampala, you'll see the tallest building in Uganda, Crested Towers. The building mm-hmm. is so tall, it touches the clouds. People have lived up on the last floor that have never come down. Everything is provided for up there. <laughs> and you can imagine, Bonnie, um, young man in P4, what that meant. Yeah. That, that man literally changed the entire wiring of my mindset. So my village is along the route the plane used to go to Europe. So every day you see quite a lot of planes passing by. So he asked us the question again, did you see the plane that is passing by? We're like, yes, teacher, we see. It's like inside the plane is like paradise. When you're inside the plane and you want to take some juice, you just press the knob next to your chair and say, I need some juice. Juice will come to you quickly. (laughs) (laughs) You, You want to eat some food, press another knob, food will come. You want to sleep, you press another knob and your chair will automatically turn into a bed and a very, very warm, luxurious blanket will cover you. You don't have to touch a thing. Mm -hmm. Inside the plane is like paradise. You get a fast bread in P7. You'll not only go to Kampala, but you'll get a chance to go to uh, to a place called Entebbe International Airport and you'll go and enter inside the plane. Just get a fast bread in P7. So I'm training you now. So you must pay attention in class. Bro, I'll tell you, Mm-hmm. That 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 teacher blew my mind away. Like I was blown away. I can only imagine. 
I became so obsessed. You know, I became so obsessed with the idea of going to the city. And then, and it was, you know, he used an inspiration that I feel it's lacking in a lot of teachers. And then if there are some teachers watching this or listening to this podcast, I want to encourage you. You need to plant a seed of dream and ambition in the minds of your children, uh, that you, in the children that you teach. Because you see, why I'm having a conversation with you today, Bonnie, mm-hmm. I mean, the genesis started right there in that, you know, uh, with, with that experience with the teacher. And... Uh, so he said there are certain things you have to do. If you want to go to Kampala, there are certain things you have to do. If you're going to school in the morning, make sure you tuck in. Mm-hmm. When it's time for assembly, you don't stand at the back of the assembly. You have to be in front of the assembly mm-hmm. so you can hear everything that the teachers say. When it's time for class, when a teacher asks a question, even if you don't know the answer, first put your hands up uh, and, and, and you know give your answer. So mm-hmm. sometimes the teacher could ask a, class, a, te- a question in the class and my hand is up, even if it, I do not know the answer. So they're mm-hmm. like, Daniel. So I'm like, teacher, teacher, uh, you know, I knew the answer. I just <laughs> forgot. <laughs> and the rest of the class would bl- you know, blast into laughter. And it was a very interesting uh, time. So you're asking me, what was the experience like uh, growing up in Kidko? I'm just trying to give you, you know, a snippet of, of, mm-hmm. of, of some of this experience. And I'll tell you from that time ends... I became very focused to, uh, on, on school matters. I started going to school with much more vigor. I could still go to the farm, of course, wake up at three, go to the farm, cut the trees after about 6.30, 7 a.m., run very quickly, because by then now I had a bicycle. Mm-hmm. So ride the bicycle, come back home, wash your go to school. So on 99, on the 26th of February, I was abducted by LRA the Lord Resistance Army, the Cony Rebels. Hmm. So I don't know if this is a story, uh, if the, in the States there, I don't know what they know about the LRA war in, in Northern Uganda. I think some people have seen the story of Kony and some people know about this story. But yeah, I'm glad that you, you said this stuff because that's what we're going to we're gonna go to that. And that's one of the reasons the person who connected me to you mentioned that. And I really want the listeners in the US to know about this story. And I'm so honored to have you. And yeah, hmm. you can go ahead and share with us that yeah so so uh that that now happened in 99 uh my very unfortunate very unfortunate time <laughs> uh, it was a usual usual day uh wake up in the morning go to the farm cut down some trees before i come back home and you know prepare to go to school so mm-hmm. on that Fe- february 26 I was going to the farm and I, I was riding my bike alone. So I entered the ambush uh, for the LRA for the and unfortunately, you know, I was taken, my my bicycle was chopped into pieces. And uh it was a very traumatizing experience, Bonnie. I, I spent eight months in the bush. But you know what kept me alive was the desire to one day go to Kampala. Mm. So I was praying only one prayer. That during the entire you know period, very scary moments. I was telling God, I don't want to die before I see Kampala. So yeah. I could say, just one more day. Maybe today is gonna be a day to escape. Just one more day. We we could move. We could walk in the bushes and forests and thorns of northern Uganda, from Kidgum, Gulu, uh, Lira, 
Today's episode is sponsored by Dansoft Gamers. Dansoft Gamers is the leading distributor of video games and other consumer gadgets like the podcast microphone sets, ring lights, headphones, and affordable smartwatches, and many other cool gadgets. For these and more, visit their website at www.dansoftgamers.co. That is www.dansoftgamers.co. Yeah. Um, hi, Mimi, what are you doing? Hi. Hi, how are you? I work warrior remember yeah you told me <laughs> i we've already had the discussion with him before awesome <laughs> okay bye hey we're gonna give you a shout out yeah. come back, come back. <laughs> and, uh, i'll, 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 I'll leave this piece when i'm editing the podcast i'll leave this part in there say hi to the people <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for connecting me to Daniel. We, we've had, we we're having a good conversation right now. It's it's really good to to hear his story and it's it's a good connection. So thank you very much for. I told you I heard his story. I was equally very inspired, yeah. and I remember telling everyone about it. Yeah. And that they had to listen to his story. Yeah. So, so I'm glad you get interview him and equally learn from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks very much for for the connection and tell the listeners not to stop here so they should continue with the story because the story is going on. <laughs> Bye. 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 So yeah, um yeah. Actually, so, I don't know if, I don't know if you knew a little bit of uh, background with me and Tracy. We went to the same school, which is me my pair. I went to oh, the same high school with her. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we were in the same high school, just with my pair, and we've been friends yeah. ever since I can remember. I think since 2012. So long. Yeah, because that's when... Wait, no, 2011. Moved I moved here you in 2014. Moved 2014, okay. Mm-hmm. Right after... No, it wasn't right after. I finished high school in 2012, so I stayed in Uganda 2013, mm-hmm. and then 2014 I came yeah. over here. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, but you, yeah. come, you come back home. Time yeah, time. yeah, I come back home at least once a year. This year I did not, um, because I had a, I made other plans with some other things, and you know, you have to have a budget. Like I usually budget, like, like I knew this year because I wanted to go on a cruise. I'd never been on a cruise. I wanted to do one of those cruises. Uh, so I went on a cruise yeah. in the Bahamas. So I was like, you know what? If I go on a cruise, oh. I won't go to Uganda. So I sacrificed Uganda for my cruise. <laughs> So have you, finished, have you done the cruise yet? Or yeah, you're going for it this 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 Christmas. I did it in July for my birthday because I turned thirty. So I was celebrating my, my yeah, it was it was. I want to do something memorable. <laughs> but anyway, let's go back to oh, the man. story. Uh huh. Um, yeah. you were talking about uh in February when you got abducted with in the yeah. area, which is yeah, a really touching story, and I want. I want, I want my listeners to hear about that story. Yeah, so 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 I was taken. Um, the first few days was, of course, really, really, you know, painful, scary, mm-hmm. uh, traumatizing, uh, as you can imagine. Uh, many, many young children were abducted um, from the village where I come from. And, and, and you know, the first few days, we would just walk. You don't even sleep. Mm-hmm. Like, you walk from one, you know, to another in the bushes and forests and sometimes they get to some villages they burn the village down 
uh, they abduct some other children, they kill some of the elders. And I had to watch that. And and I'll tell you, Bonnie, it was uh, it was a painful experience, man. It was mm. quite painful experience. And so I, I I decided to, of course, the first few days you you're so scared, you don't know what to do. But then my grandfather it once sat me down uh, to talk to me. He said, you know, son, uh, I just want to tell you that um, God forbid, in case you are abducted, never show any sign of fear. Mm-hmm. Because when you show fear, then that's when they will, you know, kill you. Yeah. Uh, of course, he said it just, you know, to, to to give me some kind of lift and courage to to face the situation as it is. So I, I just decided to say, you know what, I'm going to face this, this situation. Mm-hmm. And and I went to the commander, I, I told him, you know, I know the village very well. I know where there's a, a farm for agriculture, for, for, for cassava. I know mm-hmm. where there are many cows. I know where there are goats. Of course, I'll tell you that wasn't the right thing to do, but it was survival for the fittest at the time. Right. Yeah. And and the, the commander trusted me. And I was the Kadogo for the commander. So mm-hmm. we went through a rigorous training for three months, military training. So... At, at the border between Uganda and Southern Sudan, and um, that's that's how the life started. And I was, was put your, in one of the battalions that was really nice. Was your family looking for you at Sorry? that time, and were you were you abducted just alone or with your other siblings? No, I was going to the farm alone that day. So okay. so you see, I was now I was twelve years old. Okay. I was twelve years old, and uh, now I could ride the bicycle at the time. And my grandfather tells me before you go to school. First go to the farm, cut down your trees, and then you come wash your leg and then you go to school. Mm-hmm. So there was no going to school and leaving the farm work. So I had to first go to the farm and do my portion of the work. Yeah. And like I said, I was introduced to you know this kind of work and hard labor quite early in my in my life. Mm-hmm. So so that's why I was talking. And of course, there are several other children that were abducted in the village from the village where I come from. Because when yeah. we're in the bush, you could see somebody you know, you see another child you know, you see another somebody you know. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, they separated us after a few days. Some of the children are put in another a group, another a group of children put in another group. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a brainwash, man. Uh, what those guys could do was properly brainwash. Yeah. Uh, scare the hell out of you. Care, and I just use the American word, scare the <laughs> shit out of you. Yeah. And, and I'll, it was uh, it was traumatizing. But I took the bravery and I told God, you know what, I'm not going to die here. I'm not going to die before I see Kampala, this yeah. city, because yeah. of what that teacher primary force that mm-hmm. when you study, you go to Kampala, there's no LRA in Kampala. Kampala, mm-hmm. there's no war. So yeah. in my mind, the inspiration of Kampala was so strong. Mm-hmm. so powerful that it kept me going even during the most difficult moments um, as you can imagine you can literally sleep only for three hours yeah. out of the entire day and night sometimes you don't sleep the entire night at all because you're walking sometimes you enter in a very bad ambush and then bullets is flying left right and center mm-hmm. and you pray to god that no stray bullet hit you uh, sometimes you go to a village and then they're totally you know destroying the village, burning the buildings, the, the houses, the, the huts down, and, and, and shooting people and cutting people down. So I watched that, uh, Bonnie. Nobody told me. I watched that. Mm-hmm. And, and up to now, these are some of the traumas that I deal with. Yeah. I wouldn't say I recovered from all that shit. Right. But yeah, I was in the 
Yeah, for, for, for eight months. Um, and I'll tell you... You say eight months? I had to be brave. Eight months. Eight okay. very painful months. Mm -hmm. And um, so we entered a very bad ambush sometime in October that same year um, with, with the government soldiers. And bullets just started flowing left, right, and center. And I was hit. I was hit on my my leg, just mm -hmm. be, just below my knee. Wow. I was hit there, and, and the bullet got stuck in. I bled quite a lot. I, I, then another bullet brushed the, 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 the side of of my of my stomach, uh, mm -hmm. just just on the side. And I bled from the leg because the bullet got stuck in there. And I took my shirt, I tied the wound, uh, tied the bullet wound, and I, I told God I don't want to die before I see Kampala. Mm -hmm. Like I said, that was my only prayer. Mm -hmm. And and I passed I out. I want to ask you a question. So when I woke oh, go ahead. I, I like what you say, like you ask God, like, hey, I, want, I don't want to die till uh, I get to see Kampala. When did you yeah. uh, introduce to God? And because that's the, the thing that helped you to stay strong and just making your prayer to God. Yeah. When were you introduced to God at the time before you got abducted? Quite young, actually. So my grandfather, actually, my family is a, is a very strong Catholic family. Okay. So um, I come from a very strong Catholic family, and yeah. and we go to church every Sunday. Okay. It's a must. Everybody yeah. must go to church on Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, I was I was uh, baptized uh, uh, for for taking communion. I was mm -hmm. confirmed mm -hmm. by Bishop Joseph Oyanga. I remember uh, at the time back in the village. I was a altar boy from when I was eight nine yeah. years old. Okay. So so we I come from a so very you grew, good you grew up in a Christian home. So okay. Yes. Uh, to date, we are still very strong Christian family. Okay. Um, I think back in the state, would call us we are the Republican, I guess. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, how? So you kept you kept saying that prayer to God that you don't want to die before you go to Kampala. So what was that breakthrough? Was when was it? Yeah. Uh, when was the breakthrough? What happened for you to get out of there? Yeah, so so the breakthrough was 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 the was the ambush. We were going to meet the commander, and they they they, they, they called him the, the commander general, and that's Joseph Cohn. We're going to meet him now, and we entered a very bad ambush. I think you know the the the, the, the government soldiers got to know about that movement of of, of our battalion, uh, our platoon movement. They they got to know about it and. We entered a very bad ambush and bullet just started flying and then I was hit. I didn't even feel it. Like I just started, I was feeling my 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 my, my foot was wet. I didn't yeah. know what was wet. I thought I had stepped on some on some you know water or something, but I was actually hit. Mm. And and when I looked, I was bleeding pretty badly. And I took my shirt and I tied the wound and I was getting weak and weaker. And I, mm -hmm. I hid a little bit under a tree. And, and, I, and I told God that prayer. Now, uh, I just want to give a bit of uh, a learning point here uh, to the listeners and, and those who are watching this, this podcast. Um, I always ask people the question, what, what is your Kampala? What is the Kampala that you're chasing that amid all the adversities of life, 
-hmm. your Kampala keeps you going. What drives you? What, what is that Kampala that yeah. makes you overcome adversity against all odds? Because you see, I, I think for me to sit here with you today and have this conversation, the, the one thing that has always stood out very strongly is the fact that I've always aimed for my Kampala. At the time when I was in the bush, going to the actual Kampala actually kept me alive during the worst experience of my life, during the most excruciatingly traumatizing experience of my life. And I'm, I have not gone to the depth of what happened in the bush. And I would permit, I would request that you permit me not to. Maybe if we get another you know, yeah. session where I am guided by my counselor who can help me to, you know, stay afloat in the entire narratives of the conversation because a lot of nasty things happen mm -hmm. when we're in there and and sometimes we lose all sometimes we are in despair why because we don't have a good kampala to chase if your kampala is not strong enough then sometimes the hardships of life hit you pretty bad and so the question that i would love everybody listening to this podcast to ask themselves and ask their neighbors and ask their family members what is your kampala what is the one thing that keeps you going even amidst the adversity of life amidst all the challenges of life because if you do not have a strong kampala to chase then the hardships of life will hit you so bad that you will not get up you may not stand up so i came to the city for the first time on the 16th of june 2005 mm. so so that's when i came to the city so I went to Bishop Soprano for my uh, A level. Yeah. And um, it was tough, but I got 16 points uh, in my A level. Mm -hmm. In my vacation, since I didn't go to the, I didn't go back to the village. I stayed in Kampala. I was renting a small uh, home, a room somewhere in Mutungu, a place called Mutungu. Mutungu uh, Bina. Here. I was, yes, Bina. I was mm -hmm. renting a place there for like 30,000. There was even no electricity inside. Yeah, but that's why I stayed, and I was looking for small, small projects to do construction sites. I, I worked at the late Arona Jairima's home in Buya. As a shamba boy, I was there. I was doing, uh, you know, shoddy, shoddy work, working on construction site. And from there, he connected us to Mr. Ponciano and Gabriano. Mm -hmm. We captured shoppers Nakawa. But my vacation again worked at Capture Shoppers Nakawa from the day it was started to be constructed. Uh, in around December 2006 until 2007 when the university opened. Mm -hmm. So in my vacation, I saved about, I saved about $700, $800, about $700 yeah. in my vacation, uh, if I could translate. That's 2.8 million. I saved mm -hmm. 2.8 million shillings. Yeah. Uh, and I, was, I was able to, I was admitted in Macquarie University for business mm -hmm. administration. My study post was MOOCs, Macquarie yeah. University Business School. And uh, that's where my sales career started. Okay. So over to you from there if you have some questions. Yeah, yes. so uh, I liked I liked going through your story. And I'm not going to ask you anything about sales because I'm going to have a different whole podcast about that. But I'm glad you led us to the, the beginning of the sales and... Um, uh, yeah. we'll start from there for our other podcasts because I don't really want to make it too long sure. for the pod, for the long, yeah. yeah for the people to not to listen to the whole composition so it'll be smart to yeah. uh, break it in between but I I appreciate listening to your story I appreciate um and that's that's the thing 
I love about the podcast because I already mentioned that I, I like to host people here to share about their stories. And my yeah. the reason for my podcast was I want to share my story with the kids back in Uganda. And when I after I'd shared all my story, I was like, you know what? There's a lot of other people out there that have stories that could inspire a child in Uganda. And stories like yours mm. are the stories that inspire because I have listeners all over the world. And I share, yeah. I have I still have friends in Uganda who share my podcast, who listen to the podcast. Even though my biggest audience yeah. is in the United States because that's where I live right now. But a lot of kids yeah. down there will listen to it and they'll get inspired by your story. And I'm I'm thankful that you were able to to share that with us today. I'm sorry for all the either the memories that will bring back going through your story, but it's it's for the good cause for somebody else to 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 get to learn about it. Um but you yeah. like you mentioned, like bad things happen, but they don't they don't kill you. And one of the I've learned a lesson too, like what is your compile? Like you have to have yeah. a question on back of your mind. And I, I hope the listeners will pick out something like what is your compile? Like look I I have a new compiler now. The next yeah. time if we do another podcast, I'll show you the compiler. Yeah, that's yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get to the next podcast. We're gonna make and after we get off the phone, I want to to schedule that with you. The next uh, recording we're gonna make will be now to the compiler. So we're gonna digest the compiler. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I like yes. all the, the lessons you put through while you're sharing your story. That's that's really good. At uh, the end of the podcast, I usually ask people uh, some questions, but one of the questions I'm not going to ask you for you because the whole story you gave was a life lesson because one of the questions I ask people, what has been a life lesson in life for you? Yeah. But I feel like what you've shared the whole today is a life lesson. You've been giving yeah. those hints. Yeah. But one of the questions I'm going to ask you is um, what gets you excited about life? Meaning. Yeah. Meaning. Finding meaning in yeah. everything that I'm doing, uh, making the contribution. Um, I, now, as I grow older, I'm 35 now. Um, yeah. As I grow older, I'm more focused on is my life, does my life mean something? Mm -hmm. Am I touching other people's lives? Am I creating some transformation and giving people hope um, so that they can also be brave to face their life head on? despite the challenges that they may be facing on a daily basis. Yeah. So finding meaning gives me so much fulfillment. And, and that's the one thing that, that, that has kept me going amid all really the turbulence. That's what Just seeing people smile. People seeing people smile. Mm -hmm. The other question I usually ask people is, um, I don't think you, you don't have to answer it because I'm going to have you again here on the podcast. It's usually I ask, who would you like to see on my podcast next? And you recommend somebody. So maybe for the next segment, that should that be back. Be huh? <laughs> that would be me for the next yeah, one. Yeah, that would be, that would be <laughs> you. So that's why I say, like, you got to come back. So that's the question I should ask. But uh, once again, I'm I'm so excited. I'm so pumped for the people to listen to your story. Um, and the story doesn't end yeah. here. So the listeners should look forward for another episode that we're going to we'll bring out here. Um yeah, and I was connected to you, to you through Tracy, who works in in your company. I went to school with Tracy. Actually, she has an episode here. I'm gonna send you uh, the link to her episode. I recorded a podcast with her, and she was really good. She did really good. 
she talked about uh finances and and you guys are working in yeah. South, South. she talked about finances and she was super ready she I'll send you the link so you can uh, check out what how how she represented and she did a good job and the oh, audience yesterday yesterday I was I went back through my videos that I'd done before and then uh, there was a comment mm -hmm. from a girl yeah she she commented on her episode and she was like Tracy you're the reason I'm living in Canada I was gonna send it to her I was gonna share with her because you I send that to her. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say that because like she's she said like you're the reason I'm in Canada because you kept inspiring me and motivating me, and I took a screenshot of that and uh, I'll I'll send it to her to show her. And we recorded this months and months ago, but she she commented yeah. I think two days ago, but that was that was really cool. And I just wanted to to shout out to her for representing your company very well and doing a good job. Um, and oh, when, if you check it out, you you also. Know. Yeah. So no, share with me. Yeah. Yeah. Share, 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 share with me. Yeah. So other than <laughs> that, if there is anything else you want to say to the listeners or your final words, um, you you can go ahead and do that. And I, I just want to say this. Um, I, I'm a I'm a passionate reader, Bonnie. Uh, I read quite a lot, and this book I read recently by Robin Sharma. Robin Sharma in the books, uh, there's a book called The 5 a.m. Club. Mm -hmm. So in the 5 a.m. Club, it talks about the two types of people, the superficial people and the granular people. Said so the superficial people, they love entertainment quite a lot. They love the quick rush of dopamine, entertainment, pleasure. And if you're somebody who is always seeking pleasure, you find that somehow your path to 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 fulfillment your path to contribution your path to to you know achievement will will be a little limited and then the categories that he encourages all of us to be is granular more deep and profound mm -hmm. these are deep profound people they they spend as little time watching television they use their brain to the maximum. They're always reading, seeking for knowledge. They are seeking mentors and coaches. Uh, you can't do this life alone. You need some people to who have already walked the journey ahead of you to, you know, mm -hmm. guide you here, guide you there. You read some nice insights here, read some nice one there. Uh, so be more granular. Do not be a superficial person who is always ch chasing pleasure. Mm -hmm. uh, he said superficial people, they want to start dating today. They know you today. They don't even know your full names, but they're, they're already saying, let's go and have sex. Yeah. That's, that's being very superficial. You just look for that quick rush of pleasure. And we live in a society today where young people are very superficial. And because of that, we are not creating anything serious. We in the world of, 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 of social media fame, you know, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and people are looking for clout. And they do all nasty things to seek clout, uh, but they're not deep and profound. They're not people of substance. So I want to encourage our generation. We need to be men and women of substance. So let's be much more deep and profound. Let's seek guidance from our elders who have come ahead of us. And some of them have done very well. Some of them have not done very well. We have to learn from both sides. 
from the successful and the one who have not succeeded, there's always something to pick from both sides. And it can help to guide your footstep to be more granular, to be much more intentional in chasing your Kampala. Above everything else, don't forget, each one of us have a Kampala to chase. Let your life mean something. Let your life be worth something. In terms of contribution, in terms of meaning, whichever what meaning means to you. It's been a profound, profound experience with you, Bonnie. I'm looking forward to a much more tactical, sales-oriented, business-oriented conversation where I also, I want to believe I will be able to do a great, great conversation with the folks. I wish everybody on this podcast well. And my brother, what you're doing here is fantastic. I appreciate you. Have a great time. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. And I'm not going to add to that, uh, but thank you very much for being here. Let's keep in touch. Hey there, uh, this is Bonnie Kibuka, the host of the Ugandan Boy Talk Show. Thanks for watching and listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend and recommend somebody to this podcast. Don't forget to leave a feedback on this podcast because that's how we grow. And also don't forget to share, like, subscribe and comment. Join us on our social media platforms on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. So we'd love to hear from you. Thank you very much and be blessed.